All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Here's your host, Frank Saravalli. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show. We're tearing into a new week, like. Dyke Stars coach Rick Bonus did on the St. Louis Blues bench on Sunday night. I'm pleased to welcome in our new guest co-host, Ryan Clark. You know him from The Athletic, where he covers the Seattle Kraken, as well as the entire National Hockey League. And we're streaming live on dailyfaceoff.com, as well as Twitter and YouTube. Ryan, how you doing? Welcome to the show. Good, good. Thanks for having me. Hope you're doing well and really looking forward to all of this. Yeah, no, let's uh, let's dive right in. This was a really busy weekend, a lot happening. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock. And let's start with Evander Kane. In case you missed the news, uh, the San Jose Sharks officially terminated Evander Kane's contract on Sunday after he cleared unconditional waivers. And soon after doing that, the National Hockey League Players Association formally filed a grievance on his behalf on Sunday evening. The process will now go uh, before an arbitrator. It's certainly something that's not going to be resolved in short order. And Kane, meanwhile, is officially an unrestricted free agent. His agent, Dan Milstein, saying to multiple outlets on Monday that there has been lots of interest in Evander Kane, now a free agent. I mean... My side eye to that is, well, what exactly was his agent supposed to say? There's no one calling. Uh, so we're at this unique and interesting point. And, and Ryan, I guess I would, my question to you is, will, do you think Evander Kane be under contract with an, with an NHL team prior to the March 21st deadline, given what we know about his situation? 
It's difficult to say just because of what you just added about the situation. It seems like every month there's something that's come up as it relates to Evander Kane. But the reason this conversation is happening is because you look at what he provides. I mean, you're talking about someone who's had six straight 20 goal seasons. And when you look at an idea of what he could provide for you in a short burst, let's think back to when he joined the Sharks. He had nine goals and 14 points games which shows that he can have an instant impact but then when you look at the playoff figures that he's had over his career believe it's six goals 13 points over 29 games and so when you look at the different wild card races that are going on or even if you're a team that's not in the wild card race you're a little bit higher at the standing you think about a player like that 6-2-2-10 who can do a lot of different things and you're going to get them on a cheap price but again because of everything else that's happened this year you have to ask yourself is that a risk worth taking yeah, and that's really the question that all of these NHL general managers are going to be asking themselves is, you know, given the way that the San Jose Sharks reacted this year and the comments that they had made, Bob Bugner mentioning, you know, the question was, have you, you know, finally received some finality to this? And he said, no, no, we, we got that a long time ago when we made our decision with the Vander Kane. It spoke volumes to me on a personal level. To me, given, you know, and lots of facts still need to be established in this case, and, and there's been lots of allegations that have been made toward Evander Kane, I would just, my two cents would be, I would happen to think that if Evander Kane is given another chance this quickly uh, before March, that it, it might end up being the worst thing for him. I think that this whole entire situation could use some time and space uh, and, and hope that in this case, um, that if the contract does remain terminated, that this is rock bottom for Evander Kane and he can find a way to move forward. On the other hand, he's also given the Sharks a total gift here, uh, potentially opening himself up to this contract being terminated. That's all they wanted to do was to get this deal off their books as quickly as possible. And now, of course, at least for the moment, that's what they've done. A feel-good story over the weekend, Ryan, with... Marc-Andre Fleury making his return to the Fortress, uh, an excellent return at that uh, as he is now added to the list of the goaltenders that have beaten all 32 teams in the league. What struck you about his return to Vegas? Just the way that he has been received because so often we talk about expansion teams and sort of who's that marquee player. And when we think about the Vegas Golden Knights, Marc-Andre Fleury is sort of one of those names and sort of see the reception that he had. And of course, that moment with him and Robin Leonard before the game where they were able to have a quick embrace and you see them speak. Like those are the sort of instances that let you know just kind of the impact that Marc-Andre Fleury's had. But at the same time, that's what you keep hearing from people, whether they played with him in Pittsburgh or they've interacted with him personally, that this is just someone who the personality comes out and there's a reason why so many people are emboldened to him. Yeah, um, no question about the fan reaction. You love to see that. And what about the performance itself? Uh, since the Chicago Blackhawks have made the coaching change, removing Jer Jeremy Colleton earlier in the season, Flurry has gotten back to being the Vezina Trophy caliber goaltender. Uh, and you see it again on Saturday night in Vegas, 31 shots, uh, 30 saves. So, you know, the only thing that surprised me a little bit was how come Marc-Andre Fleury wasn't the first star of the game? It's interesting, but what's even more interesting is when you look at this turnaround, it catches the Blackhawks at such an interesting time in the calendar, which is the reality is, is they're nine points out of the wild card spot. 
and barring going on some sort of run, you would think maybe this is a team that's going to be more in the conversation than, than anything, because as it currently stands, they have a if they continue and if he gets teams are trying to figure out their process and if you're the Blackhawks you have the talent you have the ability it's just a matter of can you keep this going yeah it'll be real interesting to see where Marc-Andre Fleury is heading if anywhere as we get closer to the trade deadline I, I mentioned that three stars thing uh the Vegas Golden Knights do actually select their own three stars the first star of the game was given to Ben Hutton who scored in the first period I don't know. Not sure if I agree with that after a you know impressive 30-save performance for Marc-Andre Fleury. Speaking of guys that could potentially be on the move by the trade deadline, uh, certainly some intriguing and interesting news over the weekend. A, quote, soft trade request, I guess, would be maybe the best way that you could explain it with the John Klingberg situation in Dallas. He says after their game on Saturday that he just doesn't feel respected, that contract negotiations have stalled. The Dallas Stars have given John Klingberg and his agent permission to speak to other teams in terms of getting to a trade. Um, this is a defenseman that is, you know, sort of right up there in terms of productivity around the league, really well respected, uh, has has put up some fantastic seasons, uh, you know, going back the last number of years. Look at that 67 point campaign that stands out. Still a young guy under the age of 30. Do you understand where John Klingberg is coming from here? Watching some other guys get massive deals. I personally, Ryan, understand it more from the Dallas Stars perspective. They've already paid John Klingberg $30 million. And to get to where he might want to get to, that would put him over Miro Heiskanen. I think there's been a clear separation on that team in terms of Heiskanen being at the top of, of what should be their payroll. And John Klingberg would have to slot under that. And I also understand why, from Klingberg's perspective, that's why, at this point, negotiations probably have stalled. And how much the league is changing when it comes to the value of defense you're paying them. You see Thomas Shabbat getting percentage, and it's just taken off since. And as we've seen over the last few years, especially young defense, continue to see that with it's interesting when it comes to the stars. There are money up in Mira High School and they had for Ryan Sewer in the offense. But then they've got upon him. Yes, it's a lower figure, but still, that's the new contract next season. Then there's the question with Thomas Hart. And the thing is this he has 10 points in 18 AHL games this season. You look at what he did this year, which was NHL games. You look Developing young talent in turn, that is working for them. So maybe you think hardly someone could fill that role, but again, like everyone is going for a flat cap, you have to dollars, and if you're unclear, you're going to get paid, it's elsewhere. 
Yeah. Well, um, Ryan, yeah, it's your, your point is spot on. Let's, we're going to have, Ryan's having some connectivity issues. We're going to have him reconnect here while we uh, fill you in on also what happened over the weekend with the Hockey Diversity Alliance. If you read on dailyfaceoff.com, you would have also seen uh, the clip that was out there. It was on Hockey Night in Canada. Um, you know, in this case, the Hockey Diversity Allowance, Alliance announcing their campaign in partnership with Budweiser Canada Tape out hate is the hashtag. They also launched a roll of hockey tape that's for sale now online in Canada, as well as soon will be available in Canadian tire stores. Here's the clip. We need the fans. We need everybody on board to make this movement. But you get more diversity in the game. It's only going to make the game better. Just the appreciation of everything the game has given to us. Like, I'm so blessed. Yeah, love to see the clip. Uh, and also, Ryan, um, we had Trevor Daly, uh, part of the HDA. He's on their board. He's now the Pittsburgh Penguins Hockey Operations Advisor. We had him on the DFO Rundown earlier today to talk about uh, the campaign and what struck him most about watching that commercial. Even though he wasn't in it, certainly part a big part of its formation. Here's Trevor Daly. Powerful, like it's just special, you know, just seeing the guys in the video, I, I, I know stories, you know, I know what they've been through and I know what, what our end game is that we, we would like to see. And it's it's for our youth, it's, it's to grow this game and to make this game equal for everyone where everyone can play. So it's it's special, it's powerful. And, you know, hopefully that keeps growing and, and it never ends. And, and this game gets bigger, better because it's it's the greatest game on the planet. So Ryan, you've covered the Hockey Diversity Alliance really closely as well. Where is the HDA going from here? Okay, uh, we're still having some uh, internet issues with Ryan Clark here. Uh, just a chance to to dig in and and with what's going on with the HDA. You see, uh, I love seeing a partnership like this, uh, particularly from from Budweiser Canada, that's allowed the HDA to stand on their own two feet. Uh, they had been in conversation with the NHL and the NHLPA over the course of the last year. Hey, would you like to get involved? Would you like to? Uh, you know, be part of this campaign. Both organizations declined, saying that they have their own diversity and inclusion um, issues that and campaigns that they're working on independent of this. And and I think it makes the HDA stronger in a way. Of course, they'd like to have that support, but the fact that they have a partner in Budweiser that uh, is willing to step up and and stand by their side. Uh, I love to see the impact that it's made. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the tape out hate uh, rolls of tape on, on stick blades and shin pads uh, for months and years to come as this is an important conversation. It's not just a conversation and an awareness thing. It's also a call to action, which I really like seeing from the HDA. And, and Ryan, now that you're back in, my question to you is where does the HDA go from here? You see the support that they get from other uh, professional athletes, Marshawn Lynch among those that retweeted the campaign. Uh, is this a campaign do you think that can transcend this sport? 
Potentially, because again, the thing with this sport is we've never seen anything quite like this as it relates to the conversation about racism, race diversity, and kind of how to understand those things. And the reality is this, like any campaign, like any movement, it's going to take time to get it to where it needs to be. But something to keep in mind is we hear them talk about youth and making this game something where children can be involved in it. And that's just it as we look at this league. And this is a league where we have seen players have kids, whether it be men or women, and we're playing or be involved in this game, but we've not really seen that with players of color because it's not existed yet. And so when we talk about how to get children involved, it's more than just the youth level. It's how do you take that love and harness it to where they're involved in the game on a greater scale, much further down the road in life. Yeah, no question. Uh, and if you missed the campaign, you can check it out in full. Uh, the official HDA is their hockey is their handle, excuse me, on Twitter. I also wrote about uh, the campaign, some behind the scenes with Wayne Simmons and Akeem Aliu as well, the HDA's uh, co-head and co-founder. Uh, so check it out if you haven't gotten a chance and you can buy your role of tape out hate. Uh, racism has no place in hockey online and soon January 22nd in Canadian tire stores, potentially also available in the United States. Uh, so much to catch up on around the league. Let's bring in Sheng Peng for an edition of the All 32. All right, pleased to welcome in Sheng Peng. He covers the San Jose Sharks like a blanket for San Jose Hockey Now. Sheng, uh, glad to have you on the show. I was wondering what you could tell us uh, just from Jump Street uh, in your reporting and people that you've talked to around the San Jose Sharks as to what led the Sharks to terminate Evander Kane's contract over the weekend. Hey, Frank. Hey, Ryan. Uh, so understanding is that he traveled across uh, the border uh, to Vancouver while COVID positive. Uh, he did not uh, go with the approval of, of Sharks medical people or Barracuda medical people. And also to another point of contention is that he was supposed to return on December 31st and he returned on January 6th. Got it. Go ahead, Ryan. Sure. So when you think about all the spoofing parts you just described, where they said one thing and he does another, I mean, what has that relationship like in terms of not only just lately, but in general? How would you describe the Vander Kane has had with the Sharks? I mean, has it always been this tumultuous or was it sort of a buildup? Um, well, definitely not uh, always this tumultuous when he was scoring 20-plus goals the last couple of years. Uh, but uh, obviously since the summer, though, it's been um, a much different relationship. Um, for example, just uh, talking to uh, Bob Bugner after the news of uh, the contract termination came down and asked him, well, does this sort of uh, in some ways close the page in the locker room for Evander Kane uh, so you guys don't have to think about it anymore? And Bob Bugner just said pretty matter-of-factly that uh, we really haven't been thinking about it since day one. They want a training camp, that is. Um, so I think that it's a much different relationship now uh, for whatever exactly transpired last year uh, in the locker room. And, you know, make no mistake, that's why Evander Kane isn't part of the Sharks, right? It's not because of the COVID stuff, as you know, bad as it is. It's not uh, because of Anna Kane's uh, allegations. It's because he's not wanted in the locker room. Um, if you, he's a... 48, you know, he scored 48 goals the last two years. 
that's a guy that usually you want in your locker room. So it's very unusual to see a guy ostracized like he has been. But I think that it's accurate to say that he has been uh, from the Sharks locker room. Shang, I wanted to bring you in on, on the Sharks' perspective moving forward. At this very moment, the Sharks have terminated the contract. We know that it's been grieved from the NHLPA's perspective, and it'll be a while before we get some clarity. But at least for the moment and potentially for the foreseeable future, because the Sharks you know, believe that they have the grounds to do this, how much does this change the conversation now and give the Sharks some flexibility moving forward, you know, at least temporarily, if not permanently, you know, this all, this seemed like it was trending towards a buyout. And now if you have Kane's cap hit off the books completely, what does that allow the Sharks to do? Well, it allows them to, if they choose to, or if, Tomas Hurdle chooses to resign with the Sharks. That, that makes it a little more uh, available and also allows them to add more help uh, if uh, if the Sharks choose to go in that direction. You know, they've been in the direction the last couple of years of not adding a lot of free agents and that sort of thing. And so expensive free agents, that is. And so the biggest, uh, most expensive free agent over the last couple of years has been Nick Benino, I think, at about $2 million. So they haven't been really looking at that area, which makes sense with their kind of aging team. And so does that change the conversation for them? I don't know. I don't know if it will. You know, I think that uh, they may just end up kind of banking this cap space and do kind of what they did last year, taking on uh, contracts at the trade deadline and, you know, getting draft picks back and that sort of thing and just sort of accumulate things like that as they move their way out of some of these uh, long, big contracts. They, you know, bought out Martin Jones uh, last summer. And even if they don't get completely out of the Vander Kane contract or some kind of settlement, you know, they should get some kind of relief there. At least, you know, that's headed in that direction at least. And so that is two of their multiple uh, handful of uh, bad contracts uh, off the books in some kind of way. Yeah, quickly, Shang, you mentioned Tomas Hurdle and how that might potentially open the door. How do you, where do you think things stand there? I, I just watch his game over the weekend. Uh, the natural hat trick in Philadelphia, the Sharks trailing 2 nothing. He scores all three goals, including the OT winner, now seventh in the league in scoring with 20 goals. Do you think this opens up the door? Or do you think at this point they're now in a position that, you know, the value is so high for Hurdle out there for a team that doesn't have a lot coming uh, in the pipeline that he's got to be one of those guys that helps replenish some of that. I think it's one of those uh, really – it's it's maybe the worst position for the Sharks to be in some kind of way because if they were really bad, then it will make the decision really obvious. Take the assets, take the draft picks. We love you, Tomas Hurdle, but for the betterment of the franchise, we have to move you. If they were really, really good, they were obvious cup contender, then obviously you try to keep them. But they're kind of in this middle place where they're a much better team than they were last year, far more competitive. But they're not a shoe-in playoff team by any means. They're sort of a fringe kind of playoff team at, at best. And so what do you do in that kind of purgatory place? Um, I, I think that they still want to keep him. I believe that they see him as sort of in the line of uh, Logan Couture, Joe Pavelski, as a guy that they can build a culture around that can be a leader. Even if they're not winning as many games, he's the kind of guy that you want, say, a William Eklund to be next to next year and to teach him kind of the San Jose Sharks, San Jose Sharks way that uh, has been passed down from Joe Thornton to Joe Pavelski and Patrick Marlowe and that sort of thing. And so I believe they want to keep them, but I also believe that Tom Osherdle wants to win. 
And I think he will take a little less to win uh, in the right place. And is San Jose going to be that place? Is it a place that's going to win soon? Uh, I think that's a very open question. So I think part of it is uh, Doug Wilson or Joe Will or whoever is in charge of the ship right now has to convince Tomas Hurdle that San Jose is, is a place that can win and win soon. Yeah, it's a tough argument to make given what we've seen from the Sharks on the ice the last couple years. But uh, Tomas Hurdle has done nothing but help himself and help potentially the San Jose Sharks with this fantastic contract season. Uh, Shang Peng, so glad to have you from San Jose Hockey Now. Check out his work on San Jose Hockey Now, part of the Hockey Now Network. Really appreciate your time. This has been another edition of the All 32. All right, Ryan, it's time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag AskDFO. We'd be happy to take your questions. And my question for you, Ryan, I want you to look into your crystal ball. There's been so many games that have been postponed. The NHL says that they are going to award the Stanley Cup by June 30th. What percentage shot do you give that of happening, given that we might need to extend the regular season by a bit? Unknown. That's the worst crystal ball prediction in the history of the show. But it really is unknown, and it's because of the obvious, which is every day it seems we get an email from NHL Public Relations saying this game has been postponed, that game has been postponed. Sometimes it's two in one day, sometimes it's one a day, sometimes it's not a day, and then a couple days go on, and then you look and you go, oh, okay. The reality is it's, it's really hard to say because if you're the NHL and this is your date, you're going to have to find times to make this up. And yes, people about the Olympics, but every team is different. Some teams are in situations where they have seven games they need to make up. Some are in situations where it's less than that. But then you also have to look at other things too, which is how does this work for certain buildings? Because there might be places that they share time with an NBA team. And if they don't share time with an NBA team, what other acts do they have coming in? And so between the scheduling with, with an NBA team, with what other acts are coming through, along with just finding free dates, and where do you find time in the calendar? If, if the NHL wants to hit that goal, a lot's going to have to get done in a short amount of time. Yeah, no question about that. I mean, we can talk about some GMs that are on the hot seats or maybe some head coaches or players in contract years. No one in the NHL is facing as much pressure as Steve Hatsapetros, the man who is in charge of the schedule and the matrix. Uh, lots of heavy lifting by him and his department at the NHL. What a tough job it has been throughout COVID. And, and just in general, I think everyone's barking at uh, at the schedule maker at some point, even in the good years without postponements. Why do you have us flying here or there? Why do we play this many back-to-backs? Certainly a thankless job, and we appreciate everything that he does. Let's bring in Tyler Yeremchuk for our daily face-off daily bets. Tyler, how did you do? Uh, it was a, it was actually a pretty good weekend for me. I got the split on Monday. We missed on the over-under in Calgary, Carolina, but the Buchnevich assist was plus money, so profit there. And then Saturday, just one play with the Rangers money line, and uh, that one paid out as well. So we're feeling pretty good heading into a new week. So let's jump right into it. Courtesy of our friends at PointsBet, I mentioned the Rangers coming through for me over the weekend. Well, why not go right back to it? I love them in this spot as minus 105 underdogs against the LA Kings. And listen, the Kings haven't been a great home team so far this season. 11-8-2, I mean, that's a good home record, but it's far from great. 
The Rangers on the road, 13-6-2. They've been a very good road team. The Rangers are also 4-2 and two since coming back from the COVID slash Christmas break. And I just think they're all around a better team than the LA Kings. So I love the Rangers in this spot. And I'll love it even more if we get Jonathan Quick confirmed as a starter for LA. He's allowed 17 goals in his last five starts. The Rangers have also scored four plus goals in three of their last four. So I love this spot. Rangers as underdogs, barely underdogs, but still underdogs at minus 105 on the money line. And as you can see right above them, the Colorado Avalanche, massive minus 420 favorites on the money line against the Seattle Kraken. I'm not playing them on the money line because that just wouldn't make a ton of sense. But I am going with a prop in this game. It's the Nazem Kadri assist prop. Paying minus 125. This guy's been an assist machine. This is hitting four of his last five, seven of his last 10. And he has 12 apples in his last 10 altogether. It's a great matchup for Colorado and a great spot for Kadri to pick up at least one assist. So take that. Take the Rangers money line. And those are my two plays today, Frank. I don't know. I still kind of have a bad feeling about Tyler and some Avs player props. One night he was like, dude, the Kale McCarr shots on goal is a lock. I was all over that. And that was like the one time all year that he didn't hit it. So thank (laughs) you to that. Let's hope that. Yeah, let's hope that Tyler uh, can get that one right with Nazem Kadri. So, Ryan, it's time for my favorite segment of the show, Garbage Time. I usually yield the floor to you, but since you're new, I'll show you how it's done for next week when you're back again as our co-host. And and for me, I just wanted to give a little... Oh, there's going to be a next week? Yay! <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's TBD on your internet connection. So, um, for me... I just want to give a little uh, a little love to Derek Nesbitt. Scott Burnside wrote a fantastic story today on dailyfaceoff.com. A thousand professional games the hard way, 300 and some in the AHL, 500 plus, closing in on 600 games in the ECHL. You want to talk about love of the game? That is Derek Nesbitt, an awesome guy who I've had a chance to connect with. Uh, just really the the definition of the fabric of the hockey community. Uh, been with the Atlanta Gladiators for a long, long time in the ECHL. Has set down roots there in the Atlanta area, involved in the community in so many ways. And uh, just an awesome story to see someone at 39 grinding it out uh, in the ECHL. Uh, just a, a, an unbelievable pure hockey story, too. Grew up in Southwest Ontario. Uh, His dad ran the local rink there for a long time. And when he was in need, uh, a dire need of of a kidney, guess who steps up? None other than Ryan O'Reilly and his family, his mother, uh, giving the Nesbitt family a kidney. Uh, It's just one of those unique hockey stories that really makes you smile. So congratulations to Derek Nesbitt. He hit the milestone, remarkable milestone, a couple weeks back with the Atlanta Gladiators and the ECHL. Uh, Scott Burnside has all of the info on dailyfaceoff.com. Ryan, I don't know. I can't even think about how many miles that is on the bus for Derek Nesbitt to hit a thousand games. The answer is probably way more than what most people would ever want to encounter. I uh, just not even just the miles on the bus, uh, all the things he smelled on that bus over the years too. Uh, so certainly, uh, kudos to, uh, to Derek and kudos to Ryan who jumps in the chair as uh, a guest co-host for the first time. We'll be having Ryan back, uh, every week, uh, as we move on here. So thank you to Ryan for jumping in. That's all the time we have on today's daily face-off show. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the news insight and analysis from around the national hockey league. We'll be back. Back tomorrow, 12 noon Eastern. Mike McKenna will be joining us. Have a great day, everyone. We'll talk to you then. 
Thanks for watching the Daily Face-Off Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.